0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear.
1: On Tuesday, November 27th, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau and me, Jay Zawaski, at Rabid Brewing in Homewood for our Puck Cancer fundraiser and watch party as the Blackhawks take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tickets are $10, and all proceeds go to the family of Meredith Garcia. Meredith lost her battle with cancer in May, and her family needs our help. Every ticket is an entry into our grand prize raffle, which includes Blackhawks tickets and a signed jersey. Go to madhousepod.com slash events to purchase tickets. That's madhousepod.com slash events. We'll see you at Rabid Brewing in Homewood on November 27th.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by Rabid Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski.
1: Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. This is Jay Zawoski and with me tonight is my partner in crime, Bourbonnet's finest, James Navo. Hawks lose 4-2 in Vancouver. And James, as this game was going on and the Hawks were falling behind... I was telling myself, this is not a game that I'm going to get upset about. This is not a game I'm going to get mad about. The Hawks had the edge in play. They were without their best player. Uh, A couple mistakes ended up in the back of their net. There's just nights like those. But then the third period started rolling along, and I found myself getting more and more annoyed as that period went on. And it wasn't just because the Hawks were losing, but just some of the lack of urgency from a lot of guys. How about the last two minutes? The Hawks have an empty net and with a minute left, Nick Schmaltz is just like cycling around, just skating around behind the net, back out to the point behind the net and they're passing back and forth. You're down two with a minute to go. You may want to advance a puck towards the net. I don't know. Crazy strategy.
2: Nothing they did in the third period was right, like in any sense. Like, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but probably the last 10 minutes of the game or so, the Blackhawks kept doing what you would anticipate that a team would do when they're losing. They kept activating a defenseman, bringing him up the ice a little bit to try to get something going offensively. And they gave up just odd man rush after odd man rush. It was absolutely frustrating just to watch that because you knew it was coming every single time a defenseman pinched in the Canucks were jumping it and they were going two on one the other way. It was a remarkable turnaround and just, it was a silly strategic thing by the Blackhawks. It's like, look, if you're going to keep giving up these rushes, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to adjust your strategy. You're obviously going to have to establish possession instead of just trying to catch them on the rush. That's obviously, Not working. And that just hard headed approach was something that really stood out to me in the third period. And then, like you said, those last two minutes where they did have the possession in Vancouver's end of the ice, instead of actually trying to get shots on net, they just kept cycling the puck around. It's like they had no idea how much time was actually on the clock. Like I'm watching the clock just tick down to like 40 and 30 seconds and they're still just passing around to bring it through the puck out of the zone a couple of times. And it was just like it it was like they mailed in the last couple of minutes of the game. And I'm not saying it's like an effort thing. I'm just saying that it seemed like they had just kind of resigned themselves to the fate of losing And there there was no sense of urgency, especially that last couple of minutes, and I thought that was really interesting that they had that hard-headed approach and the unwillingness to change strategy, and then the last couple of minutes of the game, they acted like everything was lost. It was just a really weird third period and probably one of the worst periods of hockey they've played this season. Obviously, nothing's going to ever top that Tampa Bay second period, but... Oof. that was a rough watch down the stretch
1: yeah and, and what the, the thing that, that is frustrating about it is they had played very well up until then i think vancouver started to get the momentum after brandon sod's goal was correctly un- disallowed the one where he kicked in and then they tied up the game it seems like when vancouver tied up the game that's when everything sort of shifted and then that third goal Which I don't think John Hayden Hayden had a very strong game, but I'm not going to blame him for giving Yokoharu his stick, turning around and there's a puck at his feet. What are you going to do? Those things just it happens. Those are the sort of things that happen in the course of an 82 game season that you just kind of have to shrug at and say, well, you know, it it is what it is. There's nothing we really could have done about it. Taves thought he had a stick because when he looked over his shoulder, he did. All of a sudden, he didn't, and it's three. You know, then it's three two, and then all it just all fell apart from there but I, there, there are some positives we should definitely mention um first and foremost brandon Saad, i think probably his strongest game of the season uh tonight i thought he was very noticeable all the time i think yep. brandon davidson had a strong game and earned himself another look in the lineup and i think that um
2: like kind of a half mistake on the on one of the goals it wasn't really a mistake but he just didn't commit enough to the shooter And then he turned around and instantly turned around a breakaway and stole the puck from I believe it was Louie Erickson in the second period. It was just a fantastic play by Brandon Davidson. It was really great considering what he had literally done the shift prior to that. So anyway, sorry for interrupting you, but I had to give him a shout out for that one.
1: No, for sure. He, He had a strong game. I thought Chris Kunitz had a decent game, too. Uh, had a couple really close scoring chances. At the end, he just couldn't elevate that backhand. But I Mm like the approach. I like the poise he showed. Obviously, Jonathan Taves was good. Um, But aside from that, a lot of passengers tonight. So uh, Corey Crawford was as good as you'd hope. You know, that that last goal off the stick of Brandon Manning, nothing he can do about that. Um, It's just, you know, we talked about this last night on our full-length podcast, which still stands up, by the way. You don't have to bail on that because we're doing this one. So give that a listen, madhousepod.com. Um, I, I just, it's one of those weird games that, like I said, they happen during the course of a season. But, man, now you've got your first losing streak of the season. You're on a tough Western Canada trip. Um, and you've got to hope you can take at least three of these next four points to sort of salvage this road trip a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Edmonton, Calgary. Two teams that are about as good as the Hawks, you'd probably say. So they can all go either way. Hopefully Patrick Kane's able to play uh, tomorrow night and, and then again on uh, Saturday. Uh, but we'll see, man. Th- th- this one getting away sucks because they really played well for 40 minutes and then it all just went to crap at the end. But uh, you really would have liked them to see to get two points tonight, just based on how they played. You know the first uh, the first two thirds of the game.
2: Yeah, and especially with the way that uh, Brandon Saad and Jonathan Taves were reacting to Patrick Kane not being out of the lineup. I know in the NHL, a lot is made about how one star player isn't necessarily going to be like the ultimate difference. Like you can kind of withstand not having a true superstar in the NHL and you can win games. But when it's somebody like Patrick Kane, it just has this kind of cascading effect all the way down your lineup, and losing him definitely, you could tell there was some disjointedness in the Blackhawks' attack tonight. And I thought that, honestly, the first probably 20 to 25 minutes of the game, I thought they actually withstood that pretty well. I thought there were some really good moments that they had. Like you said, Brandon Saad, very noticeable. Jonathan Taves, that shot he had on the second goal of the game was absolutely fantastic. That was a perfectly placed shot, perfectly executed to take advantage of the Brandon Sod screen. And there were some really good moments in that game, and then there were other moments where you just kind of were like, "Oh, why are we still watching this night in, night out? I, I'm at a point now where I want to yank my eyes out of my head every time Brandon Manning is on the ice, man. We'll get more into, I think, this in future podcasts. We just don't have the time to litigate it tonight. But, man, he has just been an absolute train rack and I I'm struggling to think of a contract that Stan Bowman has handed out recently aside from obviously Brent Seabrook that's just been as colossal of a flop as Brandon Manning has been so far
1: yeah it's uh, I mean Chris Kunitz would be up there even though he was better tonight he's done almost literally nothing all season See, that's uh, the
2: thing though like he's done nothing he hasn't been yeah
1: like, he hasn't hurt yeah
2: the Blackhawks that's what Brandon Manning's been doing
1: yeah Boy, let's reflect on that, shall we? <laughs> let's address that on our next full length podcast. But why don't? It's it's almost midnight. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's go to bed. Let's try again tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers, and hopefully uh, the Hawks can come out with two points because this one it sucks that this one got away. But uh, alas, it did. The Hawks lose four two to the Vancouver Canucks uh, despite a pretty solid effort for the first two thirds. Uh, but again, they're back at Edmonton on Thursday night with another shot. So let's wrap up the post-game show, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And Rabid Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend Rabid Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. By the way, that event, November 27th, Tuesday against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Come to our Puck Cancer charity event. You heard the promo before the podcast. Make sure you join us there. Tickets are starting to sell big time. Uh, just after last night's podcast alone, we sold 10 pairs. So you're going to want to get in. Tickets are limited to 200. There's only 200 spots. So if you've been waiting, now's the time. And we will see you there at Rabbit on November 27th. But until then, thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast post game show. Me and or James will be back tomorrow night after the Hawks take on the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk to you then on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.